This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 74. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now, your host, Kristen Trumpy. Today we're going to talk about grit, and grit is based on the work by Angela Duckworth. Now, I personally felt a lot of resistance to engaging with this concept, although it's one of the hottest topics in positive psychology out there right now. So the reason is that I felt that so much popular stuff seems to want us to function like some kind of uh, productivity robot, and... To me, even the sound of the word grit seemed to fit right into some soulless productivity utopia. But then I listened to an interview with Angela Duckworth, and I'm glad I did, because then I decided that I do want to dive into it a bit more, and what I found was actually quite interesting. So basically, what she did was she interviewed high achievers to find out what makes them successful. She wanted to know what led them to display perseverance, passion, and who did they most admire? So what she found is, first of all, a definition of grit. So what is grit? It is a combination of perseverance for long-term goals and passion for long-term goals. It means that people work diligently and hard towards something that they care deeply about consistently over a long time. Passion and interest are not just something that, you know, come away like a flash in a pan, but actually stay around for quite a long while. So when I heard this, I wondered, well, how is it different from certain other concepts that we have in psychology, like, for example, conscientiousness? Now, of course, there's a little bit of overlap and conscientiousness and grit correlates highly. However, it's not the same. You don't have to be orderly, neat, punctual, or good at impulse control to have grit. Similarly, with resilience, there is overlap. However, if you're resilient, it means that you can bounce back, but you don't necessarily have a passion for what you do. So you might fulfill the criteria of working hard and all of that, but with resilience, it doesn't mean you actually passionately pursue something. Now, of course, as with everything else, there is a dark side to grit. And what Angela Duckworth concedes is that because people tend to try longer on impossible things, they don't know when to quit. So when we work on something, we just have to make sure that we remind ourselves why we're doing what we're doing. And the why can lead to many viable alternatives. However, generally, giving up too early is the far bigger problem. And I agree with that. I've seen people showing grit at work in ways that are not necessarily that good. So, for example, those are the people who can bang out, you know, 50 transactions in 10 minutes. However, they don't pause to think about, well, how how was this caused in the first place and can we somehow deal with this at the root so i've seen it work in you know the dark side of it so to speak however i agree that probably we more frequently have trouble because we give up too early than too soon so there were of course a few criticisms as well as 
with anything. So one of them is that grit is an elitist concept and that it's not what it's pumped up to be. While I agree that psychology should not replace or be the reason for stopping to strive for social progress, I feel it's unfair to hurl these kind of criticisms at researchers. Like ever, anybody else, a researcher is at liberty to choose the topics they find interesting. If what they find benefits one or another group, that is not their fault. That's simply the nature of what they're investigating. You can personally have a preference about what should be studied or, sh or can make the case that poor students might have additional challenges to overcome, but that's not the fault of the researcher per se. Researchers pursue mainly questions they're interested in. They are far less interested in being dragged into discussions of whether something is elitist or not. And unless, of course, you have data to support that claim, in which case I'm sure most researchers would listen or possibly even collaborate with you. However, no single concept is going to be the sole predictor of something as big as success or happiness ever. So somebody makes the claim this is the one thing that you need and everything else is worthless, you know it is some kind of fad. There are always nuances to those interested. Usually the scientists are really interested themselves in these nuances, but the problem is that the media is not. So they drop the details and then people accuse the scientists, which is frankly ridiculous. The one important ingredient to grit is passion. So passion in this context means it's a very strong interest coupled with a high importance. And with high importance, most of the time it means it usually helps other people in some way or the other. Passion is intrinsic, which means it comes from the inside. And one has to have both, or it's not grit. So if you don't have passion for a topic, but you just work hard, it's not grit. We develop passion over time and through repeated exposure. So try something several times to know if you're passionate about it or not. Finding a passion is not a scavenger hunt, as... I've pointed out many times, passions need to develop. They don't suddenly just drop out of the sky. Usually there is a process of discovery and an interest. And what's really important, this interest can't be forced. So even if someone else thinks that, let's say, playing an instrument is really important, you can't force someone to feel passion for anything. Often, what happens first is a gradual increase of interest. It has to be meaningful by serving others in a way that fits you. Also crucial is that it starts with play and fun. And to me, this kind of turned me around. This buried my initial hesitations that I had about grit because I kind of had this feeling that it sounds like the kind of thing that a tiger mom would like install in her child and and that just freaked me out however this really changes things this idea that it has to start easy play fun that there has to be a match with who we are at our core that ensures that it's not robotic at all so the early steps shouldn't be too serious and that's important we often especially in the states i hear that a lot i remember once, uh, two or three years ago, I mentioned to a relative of mine that 
at the moment I love dancing hip hop and and she said oh that's wonderful you know what you should do you should train really hard and then become a teacher a dance teacher and I'm like no <laughs> no I, I like dancing hip hop back at that time like maybe one or two hours a week or three I, I didn't have the need to suddenly make it the center of my universe and while these ideas are very well-meaning and it's nice to have people in our lives who support us, if you're the one doing the supporting, just understand that too much support in that direction can actually kill off the passion in your child or in your friend or whoever that it is. So, especially with children, but also with other people, allow them to explore without committing. That is really important. And also, don't impose your passion on your kids. How to spot grit in real life. People who have engaged in the same sport for years, played the same musical instruments, or have had other long-term hobbies are actually exposing grit. Similarly, if somebody stays at the same job and feels a passion for it and works hard even after years and years, there's grit right there. So, Anywhere where people work hard for years and feel a certain passion doing it, that's where you find grit. You can also ask other questions. Where do people have a purpose? Or where does an individual show resilience or even more resilience than usual? That's how you can spot grit. Now, how to build grit? It's not like anybody can be the next Einstein. So they're not saying like, oh, if you follow these seven steps, everybody can be a genie, a gritty genius. It's not about that. However, at the core of the concept of grit is this idea that people are designed to grow and to change. We often say that it's our nature to resist change, but that's not entirely true or otherwise people would not make and have babies. You know, like, I mean, that's a huge change or change jobs or all of these things like we are not inherently against change it depends what kind of change it is so if you understand the components of grit and passion and related concepts this enables you to cultivate these things in your own life furthermore other people are needed to support you especially in the early stages they need to challenge you in the right way and also just encourage you Understand that when you're successful at self-control and when you're not, continuously challenge yourself. Employ effortful challenging practices. Now that is one, that means that you don't just, for example, let's say you're learning the piano and you're not doing what I'm doing presently, which is just, you know, doodling away two minutes, ten minutes a day. You just play everything you know. That is not effortful practice. That is fine if you have no ambition whatsoever. If you just want to de-stress a bit, you just want to enjoy it, but you have no interest in developing it further, then you can do that. However, if you want to get better, if you want to build up grit and all that, after the playful phase, at some point, you will have to commit to effortful and challenging practices, which means you practice things that you're not good at and you do it until you get good at it. So I hope this gave you some ideas to think about. Personally, I felt very glad that you don't have to be a role model of flawlessly 
executed discipline to be gritty. Now we got some reviews too, to be exact. So one is by Nut One Nat Hatch from the US, and it says, genuinely helpful. The steady, unrushed pace of this podcast, along with Kristen's soothing voice and down to earth, authentic demeanor, makes this show one that I come back to time and time again. I always learn something useful from our episodes, and Kristen's genuine interest in helping her listeners live happier lives come through in all that she does. Highly recommend it. Thank you very much. I particularly like that it that you like that it's unrushed because to be honest that's something that I feel that we do too much. We rush too much. We we blast by everything. So that's what I'm consciously trying to do, trying to chill you out a bit. And my voice is one way of doing that. So thanks for noticing. The next review comes from Ham's Girl, it's also from the US, and it says the feel-good stuff. Thank you, Kristen. I feel like you're my good friend. I turn to your podcast when I need a lift. I desperately needed this podcast at this time in my life. I have been going through major changes over the last year or so. Unfortunately, it has brought out extreme anxiety, depression, and a hidden low self-esteem. But I have to say, by listening to every single one of your episodes of the Positive Psychology Podcast, I feel I was given ways to think and live healthier. The tools that Kristen so generously gives to all to use will help me through a lifetime. I also really enjoy that she invites professional guest speakers to give their different perspectives as well. Thank you for bringing a joyful experience for all to enjoy. I will be forever grateful. Thank you very much, Ham's Girl. I hope that your dedication and by dedication, I mean listening to 73 episodes. That's dedication right there. It pays off and that you keep at it. And, you know, I, I know I know from personal experience that depression sucks. I know that anxiety sucks. It sucks when you're in the middle of it. But let me tell you that the suckage is something that motivates us to really engage with what makes our life better and if we do that long enough we create the lasting kind of changes which don't magically make all our problems disappear but they make life happier and more meaningful and I have to say that there is no way I would be the person I am today without having gone through these things so that's what I just wanted to say to you Ham's girl and everyone who is experiencing that right now now the next episode, episode 75, will take a closer look at passion. And it will do this not in the usual way that you have come to expect by using scientific concepts and all of that. Instead, what I want to try out is this idea that we will look back on an episode. In that case, it will talk about passion, episode 8. And I will really look at it and reflect on it through my own life, through my own experience, to see what have I implemented, what am I still struggling with. And the purpose of that is that, as we already touched upon in this episode, people rush by the next piece of information is always more exciting than the last piece we just had. And I think we don't do us a favor if we go through life like that. To me, I'd rather 
read less articles, less books, but really deeply think about those that I read. Now, I understand that not all of you have the time to do that. So that's why I decided to try out these reflection episodes where I give you ways to think about it and to transport it in your own life. Because I know that some people struggle a bit taking the general and conceptual information that psychology provides and thinking about it in a real life context. So that's the next episode, episode 75. I hope to see you there. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at kristen at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthphoenix.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt.